to another episode of the Colkin Shark Podcast. I'm Billy Watts. I'm Dr. Healy. And in this episode, we're going to talk about the end of this school year. Uh, Dr. Healy, as a parent, I got some emails about the end of this school year, what the last week of school is going to look like. I'm seeing a little bit of like a kind of alternating uh, blue, blue, gray, gray concept at the last of the week. I see Tuesday's uh, culminating activity or final exam. Can you explain what do you mean by final exam? Are final exams required or optional this year? First of all, before I get into that, I want to specify that what we're talking about here is for really underclassmen, right? Ninth, 10th, and 11th graders. Our seniors are on a different schedule because their graduation is uh, June 5th, and so they get out about a week earlier than underclassmen. So anything we're talking about today really has to do with the underclassmen. So that last week of school, which is June 7th through June 11th, the last day of school being June 11th, is really a week that is going to be focused on that that would be that would be our traditional final exam week okay and in a traditional year uh, a number of students might get exempt from that exam they could get exempt by having a in the class they could get exempt in the past from sol testing but this year the school division uh, based on everything that was going on made the decision that students have the option of to take final exam or not. So the final exam would be optional for the student and it can only help the grade. Okay. So if you choose to take the final exam, you, uh, it can only count. It's, it's really a no lose situation, right? Okay. And so it can only help your grade now. So that, that week, uh, June, Monday, June 7th is a asynchronous day, just like we've been doing Monday Mondays all along. And really we want students to be focused in on, you know, any outstanding work, any retake, relearning opportunities they're doing, that's really the day they want to focus in and get the majority of that in. And then the rest of the week is is our same schedule, at least Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. So Tuesday and Wednesday, just like now, are, are uh, blue days. Right. Right. First, second, fourth, and sixth. And then Thursday and Friday would be odd days, one, three, five, and seven, the the trick is that Friday is a 10 a.m. dismissal. And so <laughs> did you say one, three, five, seven and it, 10 a.m. Yeah. dismissal? So those that'll be a really abbreviated schedule. Really, it'll just be an opportunity for uh, students to touch base with their teachers. So kind of like just a check in day, just like, was there anything that I was missing? Was there yeah. anything you needed me to redo? Yeah, uh, I, I really think what's going to happen in reality is that by the beginning of that week, most teachers will give the students an indication of where their grade stands. And so that last week will really be an opportunity for the student to say, I'm not happy with that, or I'm just not passing the class. I'm barely failing, right? I need to do just a little bit more. And so it'll be really an opportunity to focus on those students. But a number of our students may be like, hey, I got this grade. I'm good. I'm, I'm happy with this grade. This is what I feel like I've earned. And I'm good. And so, you know, but that'll that'll really be a discussion between the teacher and the student. Yeah. And if uh, parents and students listening, if you don't know inside of your student view or your parent view app, if you click on your current class, it'll pull up what your current assignments and the grades are. And then if you click on that very top that says HSMK4, you'll see not only your current marking period for grade, your semester grade, but most important for final exam, 
you'll see the HS-year grade. So right now you can log on and see what your end of the year grade will be. So what you're saying, Dr. Haley, is it's a it's a no-lose situation for students. Am I understanding this right? Like, so if if my child takes it, if my child has, say, a B plus and takes the exam because the exam could count 10% of the grade. And if my child got an A, would then bump that B plus to an A. Then if my child gets a B, it's not going to drop my child back down to a B. Correct. Yeah. So that makes perfect sense for us as a as a an adult to say, like, this is a no, no lose situation. Of course, I'm I'm going to yeah. try. But the reality is for teenagers, their lose, <laughs> what they view as their lose, is they're losing sleep or they're yeah. losing time where they would have to stress. prepare. Are adding stress, right. And so... Um, it is a it is a choice, and and it, there are some cases where the grade is so kind of locked in that unless a student got like a perfect hundred on the exam, it wouldn't really bump their grade, a letter grade up or anything, and so they don't see that as being a calculated risk. Like oh, there's no chance I'm going to get a hundred. Although sure. obviously a lot of students do that, but um, the other thing I wanted to say about that is we're, we're using the term final exam. But we're really trying to push uh, the other kind of educational speak uh, is culminating activity, right? And so it's definitely a grown-up word. Yeah, it's a grown-up word, and it's an education word. Words, but it's really just to say uh, there are more ways to assess a student than just a traditional final exam. Our kids take enough hundred question exams, yeah. AP tests, SOL Essays, tests, yeah. that they kind of get that format. And that certainly is the traditional, probably what all of us as adults went to school under. But there are a lot of ways to assess kids and their knowledge, all sorts of kind of more creative, engaging ways to assess their their knowledge. So so when we say finals, we uh, we try to use the terms culminating activities or final exams uh, just to encompass all those possibilities. Okay, so that's the last week of June, the last week of school. That'll be the second week in June. Uh, and then, of course, that first week is our, our graduation, um, uh, June 5th, Saturday, June 5th. Excited to see all of the – excited and nervous to see the relaxed uh, mitigation strategy, social distancing. Uh, I, think, I think you and I are both in the same spot. We're just waiting for the school division to tell us what to do. Yeah, right. Like, what does that all mean for us? Right, 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 right. Right. So it's a little too soon to know exactly what that all means. Things are, when I say they're changing fast and furious. Like like in the morning versus the afternoon. Right. I mean, it's right. And what's exhausting is, uh, you know, graduation is not something you pull off like two days before. Like, hey, let's put some chairs out and <laughs> get ready for graduation. Right, right. I mean, it is a months and months and months long process. And so we've exhausted so much time and energy, and every time we feel like we're in a good spot, the rules change. Which you know, I, I'm, we're all happy. The they're changing for the better. They're so that's changing okay. for the better, but it is causing a massive amount of stress for us, uh, and a lot of a lot of work to get it done. But we will. And so, at, you know, because all these changes just kind of rolled out, like Thursday like, or Friday. Like Thursday or Friday. Right, I can't so remember now. We're, we're recording on a Monday. So yeah. So for example, one of the nuances and what the governor put out. I want to say Friday, uh, these days are all blending together for me, but um, was that, you know, was the mask mandate was going away at midnight, right? right. And so um, indoors and outdoors. But in that order, it says, uh, but not in schools. Right. Right. So we still have the mask order, 
But that wasn't the headline on WTOP no. or Channel 4 News or, right? It was right. mask mandates over in Virginia. Hooray. Uh, uh, fine print. You know, I think it's also like maybe hospitals and uh, mass, uh, mass transportation. Mass transportation. Right. There's, yeah. So there's some fine print there. Yeah. And of course, not everybody always reads the fine print. Of course not. And so now we'll be in this unenviable position to. Um, to say, uh, yes, I know the governor came across as a big fun star and everybody's happy and high-fiving, yeah. <laughs> but he threw in a fine print and now I've got to be the person to remind people to... You've got to be the dad in this situation. He, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of uh, the new mask mandate, that was weird for me. I, You know, it's weekend, so you do your, your weekend grocery shopping and then to go into the store and see... Uh, if you're fully vaccinated, you uh, masks are not required. And I, I was like, I had the mask in my pocket and I, I just kind of felt like I, I should put it on just to not make anyone else feel uncomfortable. Your, your thoughts on this rapidly changing uh, free of mask in public spaces? This past weekend, I was in Charlottesville for my, my older son graduated uh, from UVA last year in 2020. And they did the ceremony this weekend. And so we were in Charlottesville for the weekend, and it was really weird. Uh, uh, it was it was like there wasn't a mask to be seen anywhere. Okay. And we were we were eating in an outdoor restaurant, but just like you, I might go inside to use the restroom or something, and I just instinctively put my mask on. Right, 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 like because right. I I just did it. Right. And so I don't know. It's it's weird. It's surreal. Um, uh, but but again, like as we were saying, it's great. It's but it seems to be happening so quickly, and um, makes you a little uneasy. I guess I, I don't know. That's a segue into this Thursday. We're doing a webinar at six thirty for parents and students uh, about what next school year is going to look like. So let's start with that part. Next school year masks. No, maybe we don't know. Right. I, there's no way for us to know. I mean, I, it's crazy. I, I, you know, what, what things are going to look like literally what we're just talking about. The governor makes all these announcements about graduations. I think I put on my note to parents of seniors. There were 25 steps we had to follow and then like three or four, what they called best practices. So we were methodically going through all 25 of those steps to make sure we were in compliance for graduation. And then Friday, he said, just kidding, right? <laughs> just do whatever you want. And so to say what we know, what August is going to look like is really hard. I think the big message we want parents to know is that uh, as of now, you know, um, things continue to go great, that the default is we want kids here in person five days a week. And that's the method of the main method of instructional delivery next year. Okay. So you said five days a week and, um, uh, just to be honest, I'm kind of loving Monday asynchronous day like today. So no more Monday asynchronous days next school year. No more Monday asynchronous days. Nope. Uh, and the schedule, did I see it was seven thirty to one forty? Yeah, so it looks like the schedule will still end at 1.40, and I think that has to do with transportation and having to do double bus runs at the elementary level, and you know, there's, a, there's a kind of a domino effect to that decision. And so still 30 minutes shorter than what we were That's prior, what I thought. Yeah. prior to COVID, but uh, yeah. But five days a week, students will be expected to be here five days a week, yeah. I think it'll be some adjustment for our students too, don't you? 
Oh, I, I very much do. Um, being a dad of two teenage daughters that attend Colgan High School, um, when they had the option to come back in person, they were at first like Tuesday through Friday, let's go. And then they were like, mm, dad, it's hard to get up four days in a row at that time, get to school. And then, I mean, honestly, it's just, it's such a big day. At the end, you're so tired. And so I think it's definitely going to be an adjustment. Do you, we don't know this, but I think as a parent, one of the questions I have is, are we going to be on an alternating uh, A-B schedule or are we going to go stick with the A, like um, even day, even day, odd day, odd day? Uh, we're going to be back on the alternating schedule. Okay, so okay. alternating, even odd, even odd. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I will say what's being debated is whether this is really getting kind of into the weeds of things, but um, – to pre-establish those at the beginning of the year and just stick with it all year long. Or what our current practice is, which is when you have a snow day, mm. you just put whatever the next day was supposed to be, you come back and do that day. Got right? it. I thought I saw that there was an option for parents. There's a survey coming out, an option for parents to choose virtual learning or in-person learning. Um, and as we know, in-person learning is the most efficient and the most effective for our for our teachers in giving instructional delivery and for most of our students in receiving. Uh, could you talk through a little bit the options of what oh, virtual learning might be like? Yeah, and so let me just clarify something you said there. The, there's parents don't have to do anything. Oh, that's right. So they're if, automatically opted into in-person learning. Right, right. So they don't. It's not like I choose one or the other. If you do nothing, you choose to have your student be here in person. Okay. Virtual learning next year will look a lot different than what it looks like this year. We're really de-emphasizing the use of concurrent teaching, where the teacher is responsible for students in person and at home. That model was a good model for the emergency situation we were in for kind of survival to make it work. It is not a good instructional practice to sustain for the long term. It's hard, it's very hard on teacher, and really it does not benefit the student because right. the teacher, it's hard to give equal attention to both students at home and students in person. And so we're really trying to move away from that model. So people that choose virtual, we're gonna cluster hopefully those kids together. Could be across schools. Your student may have a teacher from uh, another one of the high schools that would be their teacher for a class. Uh, but it'll be students that are all virtual okay. in that classroom. Uh, Dr. Healy, both, both of us as parents, we've had our children take uh, virtual Prince William or virtual Virginia classes, so mm -hmm. it'll be a little bit into that line as far as format? It will be. It will be. Um, they are going to be scheduled into traditional class times like the students who are in person. Um, what really hasn't been defined is uh, – if that would be a synchronous lesson every single time, mm. right? And so when you take virtual learning at the collegiate level or even virtual Prince William that you mentioned or virtual Virginia, there, there's that's not really a thing in virtual learning. Like every right. class period from 8 to 9.30, we get together at the same time. It's more like almost like office hours with the yeah. professor is a scheduled time. Right, right, right. And so that's another thing that's going to be very different for virtual learning next year. Now, that totally hasn't been defined by the school division. So, you know, those are some of the details that we're still waiting for. Maybe they'll get worked out this Wednesday. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe they'll get worked out in July. 
Yeah. I don't I don't know. No comment. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I I like that. All right. So so virtual learning different than what virtual learning was this year. Virtual learning um, students will have actual designated synchronous learning time with their teacher. Um, and it will be during what would be their regular scheduled classes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in-person learning. What can you tell us about that? What that might look like next year? Well, I hope it looks like what it's looked like pre-pandemic. Uh, okay. So as back much back to normal as possible. Um, if if the numbers continue to be good and Governor Governor Northam keeps rolling with uh, his announcements. <laughs> then um, I think it's going to look like what it's looked like before, right? And, you know, certainly I, I shouldn't de-emphasize. I mean, I, I think his announcements are predicated on the fact that most people are getting vaccinated. Right. And certainly with the opening up of vaccines down to, is it age 12? Now? It is age 12. My, yeah. my, my daughter got, my youngest daughter got vaccinated this Saturday at the Gander Mountain um, facility in Woodbridge. And it was, if, any parents listening, it was smoother than I expected. Yeah. So at least at the high school level, there's an opportunity for every student to get vaccinated. And that is a big part of this is the continuing, um, uh, hopefully upward trend in uh, people getting vaccinated. I think that's the big thing to help us get us back to normal, complete normal next year. So at three feet distance between students, is that correct? As of now. As of now. Well, I'm just saying because, you know, his announcement this past week said that on May 28th, all the social distancing was Correct. going away. But that was the headline. Right. I haven't seen the fine print. Right. Especially to, for schools. Especially for schools. Right. Yeah. Um, so, so I got to wait and see that yeah. what, what the, the order actually says before I go get excited about one thing or the other. But at three feet distance, even if we said three feet distance... <laughs> Right. We can basically fit all the same number, right? all the same numbers. Yeah. The challenging area based on the previous guidance was the cafeteria, mm. uh, because at that point they were saying six feet still because kids had their masks off to be eating. And that would be a very, very big challenge for us. Wouldn't be a challenge when the weather is 70 to 75 degrees and sunny and a lot of kids would eat outside. But, you know, on, not every day is that way. Not every we day. We don't live in San Diego, so <laughs> not every day is that way. And and um, when all kids had to be indoors for eating, uh, that would raise some significant challenges for us. But but with the more kids that get vaccinated and the dropping of the physical distancing, we'll see how that all plays out. Yeah. Uh, somebody said, yeah, we're, we're still, you know, social distancing three feet. And I realized less than three feet is awkward. Like, like you're in my personal space yeah. at, at one feet. So I kind of feel three feet is, is just back to normal. Yeah, I think it's pretty much back to normal. I really do. That's a good point, right? We've all gotten used to our own personal space. <laughs> right, isn't right. Like, when you get into one foot, you're like, whoa, this is like, <laughs> like are, are we dating? Like, this right. is a little too close. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so with uh, talking about the end of the year this year and culminating activity, being able to benefit students, and then what next year might look like. Can you, I know we don't know this particular, but I've heard that there's an idea for teachers to create opportunities for students to regain some of the learning they might have lost in this school year. So is that part of what next school year might look like? Yeah, so all of our departments right now are in the process of planning um, how to help with what the state is calling unfinished learning okay. or learning loss. But somebody at the state decided that unfinished learning was a better way to It's It's a much more that. positive connotation. Yes, yeah. 
So, um, so for example, one of the things we're considering, um, there are multiple things we're considering, but one of them is at the beginning of next year and a lot of the courses that are uh, foundational for the other, like in math or science or English, that the first two or three weeks of school are simply devoted to stuff students should have learned the previous year. And so our teachers would get together. And so I'll just take like, um, I don't know, our sophomore English teachers would get together and say, look, junior English teachers, we didn't get to X, Y, Z. And so then the junior English teachers would take X, Y, Z and use the first two to three weeks of the school year next year to make sure they go over those things that weren't taught the previous year. So that's one strategy. Um, there's concern with some of the AP classes. So our AP teachers, and they're all very different. So there's not one answer for every AP class, but um, we're looking at possibility of doing some optional summer programming for AP students to kind of get a step up for next school year. We're looking at identifying some of our students that uh, need additional support in mathematics, especially because math is such a uh, foundational skill, you know, one skill builds upon the other. And so we're looking at doing some summer programming for that. These wouldn't be like traditional summer school classes that you get a credit for. It'd be more like a... Uh, Almost like a workshop or... or yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, I was going to use boot camp. Like yeah, a, that's... I was like thinking math boot, boot camp I was thinking, I was thinking boot camp too, but I was, you know, connotations. Right. And it, it's tough, to be honest, because... You know, uh, twenty. we have 2,800 students approximately. Uh, they're all different learners. They're all different styles. Some, some kids are perfectly fine. Some kids are good. Some kids are academically good, but uh, the mental health challenges of being isolated in the pandemic, as we've seen across the nation, the impact of that, that's a big deal. So academically, they'll be just fine, but what they really need is some interventions to to interact with people again. And, and um, you know, some of the, again, I, I just, I think, feel like the pandemic has been so isolating for um, especially our young people. Uh, and then we have some kids that are struggling academically, and those are the ones we're really trying to target in these interventions. So kind of like a soft opening a little bit. Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's a good way to. Like a, a soft opening to. for for what next school year will look like. So I think as a parent, Knowing one that the school board's going to talk, I'm assuming talking about it this Wednesday, the 19th of May. Maybe I think so. <laughs> I think so too. Right? We'll, we'll I'll stay up to watch. Um, and so then, knowing that, then the survey opens up if I wanted to opt my daughters into virtual learning, um, or if I do nothing, they stay in in-person learning five days a week, uh, same time schedule, but back to rotating days. Exactly. You, you know, I think that some of the bigger questions also are like. Is next year like normal, normal? Like, and I know parents may not uh, be concerned about this, but do we have pep rallies? Do we have football games where people are packed in shoulder to shoulder and yelling and screaming? Do we, do we have homecoming dance? I mean, oh. so. Uh, we don't know any of those yet, do we? But I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> the governor said no restrictions <laughs> as of May 28th. We're back. We're back, I guess. Yeah, but again, haven't seen the fine print, haven't seen the stuff in writing yet, and that's always what gets you. So uh, we'll wait and see on that. Okay. So in, in keeping with that, I, I'm not a musical guy. Um, I'll, there's been a few musicals that I've seen. Um, I do listen to new release music, and 
uh, in the Heights. I, I mentioned this to my wife and my daughter, and they were like, uh, yeah, that, that, that music will spin around forever. Uh, but there's a new song out in 96,000 um, by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's catchy, very, very Hamilton-esque vibe, and made me excited to June 11th, the release of the movie. And so then I got excited for that, releasing on HBO Max, and then got me thinking, that's got to be coming to some musical venue soon, right? With the <laughs> the Hamilton version of that? So that's Lin-Manuel Miranda's, one of his earlier musicals pre-Hamilton. Okay. So if you talk to people who are in the know, like our own Mr. Working Teen, uh, he's got a poster down in the arts wing he put up from the opening of the school that's in the Heights, right? And okay. so he was always into that musical and its merit. And so I think this is just um, a reemergence because uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, you know, blew up in popularity with Hamilton that people went back and said, huh, this other thing he wrote is pretty good too. <laughs> and then I think what you're referring to is I do believe he added a few songs to the original musical for the for the for the movie that's, that's the movie it's releasing in yeah. HBO Max, which by the way, I don't know that I'll ever be able to go back to going to the theater to see a movie yeah. and then waiting a couple of months for it to be released in streaming. I, yeah. I love this. This is great. If it's really great, I'm gonna go see it in person. Yeah. I I do like the theater experience. Right. Right. I do miss going to the theater, to the movie theater and the big screen and all that. But man, on the new release, you can just turn on HBO Max and be in your couch and it feels great. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So I didn't know that In the Heights was going to be released on HBO Max. Yeah. June 11th. Uh, as well. And so uh, the, the, the song, good. I guess, they released uh, this past week is kind of a teaser for the movie. Yeah. It's catchy. It's good. The whole musical is good. Okay. So it was actually supposed to re- be released last summer. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah, so it was on target to open up last summer, and with all the shutdown, it was one of the movies they held off on, and now they're releasing it this summer. Yeah, it's got me uh, a little excited. Um, I know the museums in D.C. opened. Uh, My wife was looking at, hey, let's do a baseball game, maybe catch a museum. So, yeah, as being a non-musical guy, but living in a musical family, um, I'm I'm, I'm intrigued on this one. I think it's going to be pretty good. Uh, are you listening, reading, watching anything other other than the the governor's latest orders? <laughs> so um, I'm going to mention two things. Okay. Uh, uh, CNN does these documentary things, uh, you know, every Sunday night. And I mentioned Stanley Tucci you did. last you week, did. and now the new one they have out is called, I think I have the title right, "The History of Late Night," which is all about the okay. late night late night TVs. Uh, like Johnny Carson, pre-Johnny okay. Carson, David Letterman, and I'm loving it. It's so good. You forget how good David Letterman was in his heyday. Um, and just the the, the nuances of uh, the relationships between all those people. So it's, it's really interesting. And then the other thing that everybody's talking about this morning, Mr. Watts, is another old person show, 60 Minutes, had a whole segment on now the Pentagon is saying that UFOs exist, but they don't call them UFOs. They call them U unidentified something. UAO. Uh, I have to look it up. Unidentified aircraft something. Something like that. Okay. So, um, yeah, they did a segment on this last night, and it it, it was fascinating, um, you know, to watch and see the they had all these videos of of. Uh, 
I guess, unidentified objects flying around and, <laughs> you know, these pilots. Unidentified aerial phenomena. There you go. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So it, it's it's interesting. I mean, it does make you, like, what's, what's I, I always wonder this. Like, if there are other life forms, what's the big secret? Like, why are they trying to be so covert? Why do they only appear at 2 a.m. in the morning in some over the ocean somewhere? I, I, what, what's what's the secret? Were you ever an X-Files person? I did love the show. Yeah. Yeah. I did love the show. It was, it was a good show. Yeah. I, I, I loved watching it um, uh, growing up in the 90s, watching it. But it was definitely, it came on later in the evening. And so I definitely remember being in middle school and in, I, I think, middle school and elementary school, like being able to watch that show, but then having a difficult time sleeping that night. Yeah, right. like, like some of the things right. that happen make you think, what is that? Yeah, a little scary. But um, I don't know. So it just it just uh, reignited that whole discussion and debate against amongst people, and and so unidentified it, aerial phenomena. Yeah, yeah. But th these are. I, I think when I was a kid, it was always like when someone said they had an encounter, you just dismissed it as like, oh, they're kooky or whatever. Sure. Right. But these are well respected, established military pilots who are like, yeah, there's something there. <laughs> right. So that's kind of freaky, right? And and I don't know, because part of my mind was racing, and I'm like, could it be another country who's got, like, incredible technology or a new yeah. understanding of physics that we don't have? Right, and, right. Uh, did, so, did drones exist decades before we knew they existed? Yeah, I don't know. So don't it's, know. It's, it's, it's interesting, but the, the videos are always grainy. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always the middle of the night yeah and it's always some like how come when i fly on uh my airlines to someplace i don't don't look out the window and see this why why is it always some like grainy crazy video you can barely see and i remember being in biology class as a kid and uh or a high schooler and I would look through the microscope and the teacher would say, oh, everybody see X, Y, Z. And I never saw what they said <laughs> you were supposed to see. And I think that's the same thing with these videos is they're like, oh, and they, you know, they put a little box around this little mm. very blurry, grainy Dot. figure. And they're like, here, you can clearly see that it's spinning and it's crashing into the, it's going into the ocean and whatever. And I'm like, I don't see any of that. <laughs> I see a blob. A blob. <laughs> right. a, a blob that's gone. Right. A really but, fast blob. But I, 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 it did, it did. Again, maybe I'm putting my faith, I don't know, I'm putting my faith in, the, I, was, I was impressed at the credibility of the people they had on the show. Okay. And um, 60 minutes, I mean, they just don't run with any story. Right, that's true. Yeah. So, anyways. Uh, follow us on social media at ColgateHS. Uh, if you have questions about in-person learning and virtual learning for next school year, drop us a line at podcast.colgatehs.com. And thanks for listening.